0: All right, everybody, welcome to T's and TD's really need to work on getting the jingle going. I'm, I've got something uh, cooking, hopefully by by next season, if the podcast is still in existence, um, which it probably won't be. We will uh, hopefully have some jingle music uh, for that. I am David Kaplan. We have a rather large football game between an Ohio based team and a Los Angeles based team to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals playing the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. Just said Super Bowl. That'll probably be one of the last times we say Super Bowl during this entire podcast. Anyways, uh, we're really excited for this game. We got the gambling reporters on. Jim Madalinski, Aaron Martin, the big kahuna, T's and TD's. We got Scottsdale. We got the big football game happening in Los Angeles. We got so many things going on. Jim, Aaron, Jim first. How you feeling? Are you ready for this?
1: It's a great week for football. Uh, I think after the debacle that was some semblance of flag football last Sunday. If you dared to watch the Pro Bowl, we're ready to get back into things. It'll be a fun matchup and and, and ready for the week ahead. I'm also excited for waste management, by the way. You know I'm a bit of a golf junkie. I, I have, That's one of my favorite tournaments of the year. I have dabbled more than I
0: care to say how much I've dabbled on the waste management, but I gave some thoughts on that yesterday. Aaron Martin, how are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited for this weekend. I feel like I I look at this past week as almost like a week off. Like we needed a breather to get ready for this big game. And I very much consider the Pro Bowl part of that week off. (laughs) And I think
0: everybody agrees. What would you, what would you do? Let's, let's start the, the, the Super Bowl chatter by talking about what you do to make the Pro Bowl more interesting. Just like this wasn't on the rundown, but like that was just tough to watch. Even like the NFL's not posting their like social media on their social media. Like, I don't know. The, the coolest part for me was Trayvon Diggs and Stefan Diggs. But like, should we just relegate this to a skills competition and call it a day? Or, or have y'all not given this any thought either?
1: I don't know what you can do, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you, it's football is such a violent sport that if they're going to be so cautious about it, like, why are we wasting our time? You look at other sports and like, I think what the NHL did has been at least mildly entertaining. The three on three thing was kind of fun to watch in spurts. I didn't watch the whole thing because I'm not that, you know, delusional with my social life, but it was still a good, it can be fun, especially that last game when they're playing for something, some money on the line, baseball is the same way. Um, It's just a different type of game with the, with the lack of physicality. I Just don't think there's anything can be done to be honest. I don't have any great ideas off the top of my head. I should be
0: very clear. I don't blame them for playing like that, not even no. a little bit. No, obviously. no, not at all. So I don't know. Aaron, did you have you thought have you thought it all, or should we just do away with the game? I mean, like there's like a lot of contract stuff and bonus stuff that's tied in with that, but I don't know. I, I can't quite I mean, decide.
2: All-star games were a big deal, I think, when we were kids, you know, 20, 25 years ago, when you didn't see these guys play each other. And also what it just what is going to sound kind of weird, but when professional sports wasn't quite the business that it is right now, I think it was a lot different. But now nobody wants to get hurt, which I completely understand. The smartest thing is to do away with it. That's not going to happen. I think a seven on seven format or something like that would be would be fun, at least a little different. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you got to even be careful with with making it too different. If you guys remember back, uh, this is probably 25 years ago, Robert Edwards, who was a star running back for the Patriots uh, rookie of the year candidate playing a beach football game when they were trying something different in Hawaii tore up his knee so bad he almost had to have his leg amputated and it all totally ruined his career I think he came back for a, a game or two or a few seasons later but I mean that was it so you got to be really really careful and, and truthfully these guys especially now they're playing 17 games are not going to want to do anything extra which I completely understand so I don't know do away with the game don't do with, I'm not
0: going to watch either way. So it doesn't matter. You know what? Let's do 15 or 20 more minutes on the pro bowl. Jim, um, (laughs) We talk MVP. So I've, got some, yeah. I've
1: got some controversial who, who thoughts did you like? on I mean, the that, MVP.
0: That Mac Jones run was special. I think we can all agree a on plus that. Plus gritty action.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Here we go. Uh, and we're, we're down to one viewer. And, no. and this part, Thanks, might get, And this
0: part might get cut anyways. So we'll see. Now. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Let's talk about the big game here. We we first of all we we had a little bit of a debate uh, last. Last week. And by debate, uh, I mean, uh, as per usual, Kaplan looks like an idiot. Uh, Me thinking that this line would drop to under a field goal uh, obviously did not happen. It's really fluctuated between uh, Rams minus four and Rams minus four and a half. So uh, Aaron, do you have any thoughts on, on right now it's at four. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that line uh, as we, as we begin to kind of talk about our, our narratives and what we're expecting out of this game?
2: Yeah. So I, I, kind of suspected it would stick pretty close to four, uh, maybe get down to three and a half. But I I think a lot of people still look at the Bengals as a team where you're you're saying, okay, this team was 10 and 7. They had a lot of holes throughout the season. They're on a hell of a run right now, and there's nothing. uh, Nothing is taking that away from them. But I have a hard time seeing it get any lower than that, just because the Rams on paper, statistically, from a talent standpoint, are just far and away better than the Bengals. So really, if you believe that the Bengals are there and are going to win this game, you're basically saying, I believe Joe Burrow is better than the other 52 guys in the Rams. You know, that Burrow over Stafford matchup is so much better. So it doesn't surprise me that the line is where it is. I think, if anything, getting bumped up to four and a half. The other thing that a lot of people aren't talking about, this is a home game for the Rams. I mean, I know I know theoretically, this is actually a I shouldn't say theoretically, uh, officially it's the Bengals who are the home team because it's the AFC's term. They rotate every year for the Super Bowl, but and it may end up being a 50-50 crowd. Or I think I saw it somewhere yesterday that vivid tickets had said based on their sales, uh, that it's going to be 55-45 for the Bengals. So they may have a loud stadium, but Having said that, it's still the Rams sleeping in their own beds for the last two weeks. It's still them getting being their own facility. Everything is familiar for them, where the Bengals traveled across country and are going through all this for the first time. So this is a very, very long way of saying I think it's going to stay at four, maybe go to four and a half, but I don't see more than a the the line to move more than half a point or so in either direction.
1: Jim, you think this closes it for? At this point, yeah. yeah. I, if you'd asked me that last week, I kind of was leaning more towards you, not all the way down to under a field goal, but I would have I would have thought three and a half by kickoff just because of the way everybody seems by the time the game comes around, you talk about all the narratives and eventually I think everybody was going to think this was going to be a close game. You need to talk yourself into this being a close game one way or another. And I think that would have brought the number down. And I still think we could see sublime movement, but I was surprised to see it actually go up during the week to the point where I was hearing it could go all the way to five, which, uh, which would be, I think just a huge number, but not much has changed in my thoughts, the more I've gone through it. And so I'm not overly surprised to see it stick because you have your people that put their money down right away when they see the line. And I think you have the majority of people now who are going to put it this way. If you want to bet the Bengals, you're probably now waiting until kickoff to see where it ends, mm-hmm. and then you might get a rush Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, once everything gets going. Especially with guys like CJ Uzama, I know he's not a star, but if he plays, if he's act little things like that um, are going to keep people waiting until later to put their bets in. I bet.
0: And it's interesting, you know, the 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 Rams money line is close to minus two hundred, and the Bengals money line is plus one sixty six, which. I think when you when you're when we're sort of evaluating these lines and looking at it there there feels to be inherent value on the Bengals money line uh relative to anything else and and that goes to something that Aaron I know you talked about a couple weeks ago uh and and that you know our buddy Bill Simmons always always talks about is if if you think they can cover 3 or 4 you, you think they can win uh and so that plus 166 on the money line kind of given where uh, where things stand right now is certainly uh, interesting and appealing um, as well. but uh, we can dive into that deeper conversation as well. And then uh, just a couple uh, a quick nugget from, from each of you guys on the total. It, it's dropped a point uh, from where we talked uh, 10 or so days ago. Uh, 48 and a half. Uh, do, do you have any, any thoughts on on that number as well, Jim?
1: I think it's going to be the same type of thing where come kickoff, I think it might tick back up. Mm. Um, the casual better I would imagine wants to root for points maybe that's just me because I I hate betting unders I think the general person out there hates betting unders because you're kind of rooting for a boring game so I wouldn't be surprised to see that tick back up but they know what they're doing it, it's so hard to gauge because right. you can see this game going 18 different ways the more you talk yourself down that rabbit hole. So I I would say I would bet it gets close to 50 by kickoff. Probably wrong. We've been very good at this so far. So, (laughs) but that that's just my thought to follow more in line with the last minute bets coming in.
0: Mm -hmm. Aaron, 48 and a half. Any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. I I think it's really what we talked about last week that This game is always going to be I think the the over under is going to be a point or two higher than it would be in a normal playoff game or a normal regular season game, because there's going to be so much more action and the casual better likes seeing points scored. The other thing is, I think the casual better is going to look at Joe Burrow versus Matthew Stafford, and they're going to say these two guys are going to throw for a lot of yards and potentially score a lot of points. I don't personally think the game necessarily will go in that direction. But I, under, I see it going that way in terms of how people will bet it. And I think we'll get a, a much better read by Saturday, Sunday, because I'm guessing the majority of the action, or at least a lot of the action, is going to come in then. And that's when you'll start seeing a point, half a point movement in either direction. I don't see any way it gets below forty eight and a half, and a half. And I certainly think we could be 50 by kickoff.
0: Absolutely. I agree with all you uh, on, on all of that Um, early on, just preliminarily uh, action network is reporting that uh, 58% of the bets have been on the Rams and 42% have been on the Bengals that uh, does not include the percentage of money. So just in terms of raw bets, uh, the Rams, uh, nearly nearly uh, 60% uh, are, are on the Rams, which is certainly uh, pretty interesting as we sort of uh, start to think about this. All right. So we, we sort of just want to uh, kind of talk about the narrative so uh, that when we listen back to this, we can say, oh my God, you got it right. Good work. Or wow, you're an idiot. And that wasn't a smart thing to say. So Jim Madalinsky, When you think about the narrative and how this game is going to go and what you're looking at and what's just interesting to you, you've been, you've sort of been the Bengals whisperer this whole time. Um, I, uh, I am curious kind of where you think things fall. How will this game go? What are you expecting?
1: For me? I think the Bengals have the potential to put up points because I don't think the Rams secondary is as advertised. I think they've shown that there's holes. Jalen Ramsey hasn't quite been the guy that you'd expect him to be or that he's been in the past so far. Narrative, what we're talking about Monday morning to me is most likely going to be the Bengals' offensive line versus the Rams' front four. If they can just stay alive, do something, be human enough to give Joe Burrow – 10 clean dropbacks, a half, um, the Bengals will have a chance, but this has the potential to be a game where the Rams defensive line just takes the game over.
0: Aaron, any issues with that?
2: So I agree in principle with, with what Jim said about the, the lines, I think being what determines this game, I actually see this, and I, I look, I've been against the Bengals every step of the way, and I'm going to continue my streak here. I actually see a potential blowout on our hands because I think if you look at this game from any statistical measure, the Rams have the advantage, maybe with the only exception being Burrow versus Stafford. But even if you look at it from a statistical standpoint for how they played through the playoffs, there really isn't any comparison. I mean, Stafford statistically has played much better than Burrow has. Burrow's made some clutch plays, but his numbers really aren't all that impressive when you just look at them on a piece of paper. I think Cincinnati is certainly deserves to be here, but I think you could certainly make an argument that their two biggest wins, uh, their last two wins against Tennessee and Kansas city had as much to do with those teams collapsing as it did with the Bengals making these incredible plays and showing that they're way out ahead of those teams and way better than those teams. Now, the Rams certainly have some self-destructive tendencies in there. They collapsed in week 18 against the Niners in that must-win game at home that would have got them the number two seed, and they lost. They collapsed against the Bucs in the divisional round. They ended up winning that game, but they gave up a 27-3 lead in the second half and allowed the Bucs to come all the way back. So I I certainly think the Rams have it in them to play two bad quarters and let the Bengals come all the way back or the Bengals to take a big lead. That's certainly in the realm of possibility. But the more I look at this, I just I can't talk myself into the Rams as a whole, not only being the better team, but playing at home, being the more experienced team. And I have a hard time envisioning Zach Taylor out coaching Sean McVay, where those in-game adjustments are going to make such a difference, particularly in a game of this magnitude. So I I think the narrative is just going to be, you know, this the Rams went all in to a degree that we've really never seen
0: before. And that all in bet paying off the the (laughs) you guys are going to roast me for this I've tried not to think too much about (laughs) about this game it just from uh from uh for whatever reason I feel like and maybe it's been two weeks and we have time to just look at this game and absorb this game for whatever reason I just feel like you can really convince yourself of anything except a a Bengals blowout I I just feel like the the Rams, I, I was just thinking about this game, and obviously it's the most, it's it's the most recent one, but just the way that the Bucks defensive line got after Mahomes and and how integral that was in the Super Bowl last year. I just feel like the the Rams front seven is gonna have the potential to really wreak havoc on on Burrow. And and I feel like that's a matchup that uh, again, it's easy to talk about that matchup, but it, a, 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 as it related to last year and, and talking about Aaron Donald and, um, you know, everything that, that the Rams are able to do defensively and the, the type of pressure that they're able to generate. We saw that in the second half against the Niners and, and what they did to Jimmy Garoppolo, but I just, I really feel like Aaron is, is I'm, I'm sort of agreeing with you where I, I just feel like the talent on the Rams is much better. I, had uh, Mike Shreve on the podcast yesterday to talk about golf. And at the end, he brought up um, just what the Bengals have done. The Bengals played nine games during the regular season that were decided by five points or fewer. And they were four and five in those games. They have played and won to their credit, not taking anything away from them. These three playoff games, they won by seven, three and three. This isn't a team that's coming out and, and dominating Um, obviously the second half of the Kansas city game is the most recent sort of taste in our mouths in terms of that uh, and how they're playing. But I, I just between the narrative of the, the Rams sort of being home and, and the narrative of only one player on the Bengals having been, uh, to a Super Bowl before, uh, relative to the Rams, the narrative of McVeigh versus Taylor, and and Taylor coming from the coaching tree, the narrative of McVeigh being very adamant and open about how he. Was not happy with his coaching performance in uh, the Super Bowl against the Patriots a couple of years ago. Uh, obviously, he had some coaching uh, uh, decisions that were strongly uh, condemned uh, in the Super in the in the NFC Championship game against the Niners, specifically as it relates to challenges. I just, I just, I I come away thinking about this game, thinking that everything is in favor of the Rams, and uh, almost everything. And I say that coming from somebody who really is scared to death to bet against Joe Burrow and has gotten bit by Burrow before, I think you and I can all agree that this is the the Burrow narrative is great. And um, but I think on the surface, he's a second year guy with a bad offensive line, and uh, I, I just there's there's just a we're living in a world where I I I don't know if I I think they have the potential to keep it close, but I don't know if they have the horses to, to keep up with the Rams. So that's sort of where I have, where I have fallen on this. And again, I, 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 I really, like the Bengals. I, I, I really do think there's a a world where they, they keep this close and potentially win the game, uh, which is why I'm not sure about the four. I I was hoping that number uh, would go down so I could bet the Bengals uh, 10 days ago. Now I'm hoping it goes down. So I feel more comfortable. uh, Betting the Rams is sort of where I'm at. So kind of goes to, to all of our, our points with Aaron uh, and Aaron, I know you have something you want to say about that awful diatribe I just went on.
2: (laughs) No, look, obviously I agree with you. I think the Rams certainly have the advantage, but you you talked about narratives. And I think all we need to do is look at the narratives from the last two Bengals wins. Everybody was talking after the Tennessee game, Ryan Tannehill threw a couple terrible interceptions. Is he the guy for Tennessee or should they look somewhere else? That was the main talking point. And then after the Kansas City game, the main talking point wasn't necessarily... Joe Burrow, demigod, getting us to this point, getting Cincinnati to the Super Bowl, it was Patrick Mahomes collapsed. Patrick Mahomes had his worst half of football of his career. So I think that right there almost tells you how the Bengals got to this point. Certainly well deserved, but it had a lot to do with everything else that was happening in those games beyond what the Bengals were doing. And I think that potentially, I think it'd be a lot to suggest the Rams would fall apart in the same way Tennessee and Kansas City did, even if we certainly saw them have those tendencies earlier in the year.
0: And oh, by the way, minus one half of football against the Buccaneers, and we knew that the Niners game would be a real slugfest. The Rams have looked pretty good. I, I just, on the whole... I think they've they've been the most. It's they're in the Super. They're in the final game of the year. They they have been the most uh, whole and complete team. Uh, To Aaron's point, they've they've gone all in for this year. I just uh, Donald Donald, you know, is is talking about giving interviews, talking about legacy stuff. I've done everything I can do in my career except win this game. That Rams. Team was such an offensive juggernaut and just gets Belichicked in in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I just, I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't. McVay's a better coach now, and I just, I just feel like they're gonna be ready for the moment in a way that Cincinnati might not be. And uh, as we'll talk about here in a minute, I think that specifically will come to fruition in the second half more than the first. But it's just kind of my gut and and how I'm. How I'm thinking about it, and again, love the Bengals. Have tried to convince myself that the Bengals are going to win this game, but I just haven't been able to get there. Jim,
1: narratives are interesting to me because I look at it the same way you do, Aaron. Is where Ryan Tannehill fell apart. Patrick Mahomes had the worst half is of his probably postseason career. But at what point do we have to sit back and say, well, maybe the Bengals' defense is that good? Are, Are we criminally underrating what that defense has done? in the playoffs and maybe again we're talking ourselves into everything at this point but they've been solid i think their secondary specifically has been downright incredible against some really really tough opponents so that to me is part of this that it's so hard to gauge are they that good did the other team fall apart it's like what we said I said this after the Rams Cardinals playoff game I don't know if I believe in the Rams or if the Cardinals are just trash mm-hmm. because they looked like a college football team trying to play against pros mm-hmm. in that playoff game looking back maybe it was the Rams defense just having it together that day so it's so hard to gauge in the NFL and I know we're always looking for talking points but it's just the margins are so razor thin and that's way too level-headed for a podcast but they really are
0: (laughs) no we i look we talked about it with the the niners you know the 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 nfc championship game if jaquiski tart catches that ball you know we're talking about bengals niners uh almost certainly so uh certainly is close on the margins and certainly uh is going to be fun so aaron uh where's your lean right now uh on the game and uh how you feeling? What are you betting? What are you doing?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, as, as I'm sure you could tell from my uh, previous couple monologues there, uh, I'm heavy on the Rams. I, I like the Rams a lot. Uh, I actually might tease the number up a little bit to get some better odds because uh, to me, look, I, I, I love everything the Bengals have done. I, I agree with what Jim was just saying that I think their defense deserves a lot of credit. I just think this Rams team is a different animal than what they've seen. And I think everywhere where the Bengals have weaknesses, the Rams have strengths. And I think that's going to be a very, very big problem come Sunday. So, I actually think this could be one of the few blowouts we've had in a Super Bowl in recent memory. When we were kids, there were—I felt like every year it was the, you know, the Niners beating the Chargers by four touchdowns, or you know, the, even earlier, the Cowboys crushing the Bills. Sorry, Cap, uh, but the—I uh, I just think we could be in for a potential double-digit game here. So I, I'm not not hesitating one bit in terms of not only taking the Rams, but taking those four, and if anything, I might add a few extra points just to give myself some better odds.
0: Love it. Jim, uh, not making a direct pick here, but do you have a particular lean that you like?
1: It's just hard for me to look at what's happened to the playoffs and not see the Rams defensive line just making a mess of things. Uh, It's just they are so good. And the Bengals offensive line is so bad that for me, the question will be is. Can the Rams offense come out hot and then just put this away early. I think there's a lot of potential to go with what Aaron said for this to not even be a competitive game. I hope it is just for entertainment's sake. I just, that Rams front is special and Aaron Donald's the best defensive player on the planet whenever he's right. And I just can't see, <laughs> I just can't see them stopping him.
0: Do you, do you, both of you, do you like do you like the idea of a Rams blowout more than I mean? Do you think that my my gut uh, and clearly I've alluded to this too? Great podcasting that we all think the Rams are <laughs> we're going to be so screwed. You know this, 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 this means sad. yeah, this oh, means man. the Bengals are going to blow them in, out. Oh yeah. my god! Hands away, everybody. <laughs> so so no, I I think we're all on the same page. And like I said, and I've said before, I just. I want to pick the Bengals. I just, especially after last year and what happened with Mahomes and seeing, I mean, this, this offensive line is worse than the chiefs offensive line. And you could argue that the Rams defensive line is better than, uh, than what we saw from the bucks. Maybe not, but you know, and, and to the same extent, the Rams run stopping has been pretty good. Um, in the last couple of weeks, the bucks offense, the defensive line was pretty good the last couple of weeks. So I, I just, I definitely just think that we, we are living in a world where, where this, that's the one matchup that you really have to pay very close attention to. And we, we certainly will aside from all the other stuff, but yes, I, I too, am leaning Rams minus four. However, I will say like, we, we joked about the Niners cover and the, the Rams money line last time. I, I do see a world where that is something that we see again in, in this game where the Bengals, you know, lose by three, but I, uh, I just feel like the firepower on both sides of the ball from the Rams is, is, is just different. And they're all in for this year. And this is the, this is the game they're built for.
1: And Gym. on that note though, we can't overlook the idea that a Matthew Stafford game does exist where Mm. he just doesn't have it. And in that moment, it's not out of the question to see him folding. And I don't, I, I think he's been great. I think he, I said last week, this is a legacy game for him because if he wins, he's on the path to being a hall of famer, but it could very easily go the other way. And he's shown a propensity to crumble in moments. So it may just come down to a matter of the Bengals making plays.
0: And and my retort to that is, and I was thinking a lot about that, like what's the Stafford impact of all this? My retort to that would be that the the way that the Bengals made that second half adjustment to essentially play play prevent defense uh, it, against Mahomes in the second half of that game, and and Mahomes' decision making just wasn't what we're used to seeing from him. I, I trust. I trust that McVeigh is prepared for that. And and I don't think that the Bengals have the defensive personnel really to to throw a curveball, I, 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 mean, I think they are who they are in terms of their identity. Um, and, and the Rams offensive line is, is healthy enough to, to manage, you know, whatever, uh, three or four man defensive line type pressure that, that they bring. So, um, I, I that's that the, the, my response to that is where I think that McVay, uh, being in this game a second time is, is, has a lot of value. And I think
2: the difference between what we saw in Kansas city And what we're going to see this weekend is I can't see the Rams abandoning the run. The Rams are not a great running team and I don't expect their running game to be the reason they win, but McVay's offense is predicated on play action is predicated on getting those rush attempts, even if it's not necessarily working to keep defenses honest or defense Excuse me, the defenseman honest. So I think because of that and because he's going to force it down their throats in that way, even if it's not super effective, the Bengals aren't going to be able to just to drop eight guys and play two deep safeties the entire time, because the Rams will pick up four or five yards and do those long drives that will force the Bengals to have to adjust.
0: So now that we've all uh, we've all uh, leaned the Rams, uh, Aaron and Jim, and I'll, I will do this myself. Cause I've thought about this too. And, and this is, we might say similar things on this answer as well. Give me, give me the three sentences of, of why the Bengals are going to win this game. Uh, now that we know which way we're all on record as leaning, uh, Aaron, uh, just putting you on the spot first. Tell me, tell me how the Bengals, the Bengals win.
2: The Bengals win if Joe Burrow plays like the superstar everybody knows he is, and the Rams don't play their best game. The second half of the Bucks uh, playoff game, Rams show up. Uh, Stafford against Tennessee on that Sunday night football game where he throws back-to-back pick sixes, something like that. I I think the combination of the Rams not playing up to their potential and Joe Burrow being the superhero that he is uh, coming up and and just making a statement saying, I'm next in terms of the great quarterbacks in NFL history.
0: Jim Bengals go
1: Joe Mixon scores two touchdowns and Joe Burrow wins the MVP. Mm -hmm. That's how they do it. Yeah. It's got to be. They're going to have to, if I, they have to run the ball. I think that's the way they keep it close and to keep mm-hmm. the pressure off of Burrow. And if they can run it effectively early, that'll give Burrow some time, play action, things of that nature to win the game. And they're I think it could be a mix in game because it almost has to be. And when I say two touchdowns, I don't necessarily mean rushing touchdowns. I think he's effective out of the backfield, catching the ball too. Um, I just see that that being their path is, is kind of a Joe Mixon game and still Burrow being good enough to win MVP, which is asking a lot. But it's happened before. I, I circle back to uh, Damian Williams having those two touchdowns and not winning the MVP, James White having 12 catches in the 28-3 to game and not winning the MVP, even though he should have. Uh, so that, that's kind of the game I would see to have the Bengals win it.
0: I I was thinking something similar. Whereas if, if the Rams are able to generate a lot of pressure uh, they they're going to need, the the Bengals are going to need speed on the outside, uh, whether it's, you know, screen passes uh, really exploiting uh, Boyd, especially if Uzoma sits out in the slot and uh, you know, being able to, to hit Boyd and, and kind of expose the Rams on the flat and expose them in the middle of the field uh, in order to, to, you know, chunk their way down the field, uh, that could be the most effective way. And by the way, they, they'd control the the clock a little bit more and keep the Rams offense off the field. So, all right, let's just do some very quick MVP chatter and some, uh, bets that Aaron and I like in terms of props. This is obviously a good, uh, good game to have a little fun and, uh, invest a little bit and, uh, possibly get some, some money out of it responsibly, of course, uh, Jim Madalinsky. Who will be the most valuable player of this very big game being played on Sunday?
1: I'm not going to give a specific name, which may be a cop-out, but here's what I'm going to do. That is a cop-out. Here's where we're going to go. Dexter Jackson, Malcolm Smith, Oh. Von Miller.
0: Oh. He Aaron, he clearly thinks that Von Miller is gonna win uh defensive MVP again.
1: That's read right, between cool. the we gotta, lines. That's, gotta, that's gotta, what I hear.
0: Wow. <laughs> Von Miller, repeat MVP. So Tom Brady, Von first, Miller.
1: First non-quarterback, two-time MVP. <laughs> so this was Von Miller's stat line. Six tackles, two and a half sacks, one pass defended. You want to tell me Aaron Donald's not you can't do that? That's not in the realm of possibility for Aaron Donald to do. I
0: just think that Matt Stafford's arm works a little better than Peyton Manning's did. However, Malcolm I Smith,
1: <laughs> Malcolm Smith interception for a touchdown fumble recovery, 10 tackles Dexter Jackson, two picks. Is there not a world where mm. Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Snag a couple Matt Stafford Aaron throws, take one back to the house. I am leaning heavily towards the defensive MVP. Wow! Oh, Whoa! Okay. I wish. I wish, and I don't know. In, in the, I don't know if this is even out there, but I just, I feel good about the idea of a defensive MVP. The way this game sets up, it just there's just a lot of variables it's easy and i like look the obvious choice is matt stafford or joe burrow i think we all agree on that the secondary choice is clearly cooper cup but i don't know if if you're looking outside the box i the idea of a defensive mvp seems on the table this year with all the variables we've discussed over the last 45 minutes that's it
0: i respect it i very much respect it
1: the bucks the bucks
0: Dominated that Super Bowl, so it's crazy that a defensive. I mean, but he did have the multiple interceptions, so uh, that was back in my quasi Bucks fanhood days. Shout out Rondé Barber, um, Aaron MVP thoughts leans obvious guy, long shot guy.
2: Okay, so a couple of details that Madalinsky left out in his uh, defense <laughs> defensive uh, argument. So I did way too much research on this this afternoon. <laughs> So seven of the last 10 MVPs of this game have been quarterbacks. You mentioned Malcolm Smith. He had the pick six, the fumble recovery, the 10 tackles in that game. That was, that was all narrative because the Seattle defense dominated. I mean, they, that was, I believe a 43 to eight game when the Broncos were pretty decent favorites over the Seahawks, Russell Wilson in that game had 206 passing yards, two touchdowns, only 25 attempts. So, so stats, Probably not enough to win you a Super Bowl MVP when somebody like Malcolm Smith has a pick six and 10 tackles. Super Bowl 50, that was noodle arm Peyton Manning, who had 141 yards and a pick. The, the media would have died to give it to Peyton Manning, but that, there was no way that was going to fly. And then Super Bowl 53, when Julian Edelman won the MVP, that was that 13-3 snoozer between the Patriots and the Rams. He had 10 catches for 141 yards, and Tom Brady had 262 and no touchdowns. So they couldn't give it to Brady because he didn't even have a touchdown. So my point is, is that narratives drive the MVP in these games, period. It's all based off the narrative. So in, in, in the 48, Malcolm Smith and the Seahawks' defense was the story. In 50, the Broncos' defense was the story. In 53, there were 16 points total scored and no touchdown passes. They couldn't give it to the quarterback. So I don't see a world where Stafford's redemption story – Or Joe Burrow emerging as one of the best players in football isn't the dominant storyline because the media members that vote on this award will do everything in their power to make that the story unless one of those guys plays so poorly and their team still wins that they don't have a choice but to give it to somebody else. The only person that I would say has a shot other than Stafford or Burrow is Aaron Donald who's at 15 to 1. If he has one of those huge games and Stafford throws a couple picks and it's just pedestrian, then I'll say that Aaron Donald has a chance to win. Outside of, of those 3 though, I'm saying there's no shot anybody
0: else could win. The uh, Buffalo chicken dip at your house was the best part of that Super Bowl uh, with the uh, with the Rams and the Patriots Aaron. Um True story. so just want to throw that out there really quickly. Um Speaking of that game, to tie it all up, who was the only guy that scored a touchdown in that game? Sony Michelle. There's a world, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't win the MVP. <laughs> nope. At 100 to 1. Now, I. Uh, I do think cam Akers, he he's coming in a little banged up. They've shown a propensity to trust him, but you know, I, I feel like they, there have been a couple of games where Michelle's had a couple of receptions. And, and if the Bengals do try to do something funky with uh, really uh, letting the, the Rams do underneath stuff, I just relative to acres at 27 to one and Michelle at a hundred to one, I just think it's, it's a, it's a fun dart throw. Uh, so I, it sounds silly uh, and will sound silly, uh, in 48 or 72 or 96 hours, but, um, he, he was just a guy that that at a hundred to one certainly kind of got my attention uh, a little bit, but as to, to, to the normal point, I feel like Stafford uh, is the safe bet cup, obviously uh, a close second. Um, And, you know, I just, when you talk about narratives, there's a lot of narrative guys that, that the Rams, if they do win could sort of pop up. There's the Stafford thing. There's the OBJ getting traded thing. If he goes, you know, 100 for two touchdowns, if Cooper cup does a normal 120 for one, which is normal for him, uh, then, then there's the, the, the possibility that it goes there. So, yeah. Did I just name the entire Rams offense? Sure. (laughs) Uh, but Tyler Higby not mentioned. Well, Higby might not play. I was gonna also, say he's probably
1: not gonna play. Also
0: interesting because if Cup spends a lot of time in the slot, I mean they they like Kendall Blanton too. It seems they Stafford's trusted him in the red zone a little bit, but yeah,
2: the, the only uh, way I was gonna say the only way receiver wins is if burrow or stafford happen to throw a couple of picks yeah and cup ends up getting 150 and three touchdowns or chase gets 150 and three touchdowns but the stats for the quarterback are bad enough you can't give it to them this is just a quarterback award and it it sucks i hate that that's the case it's like the regular season mvp i hate that it's built that way but that's unfortunately what it is right now
0: yeah i don't I, I've never put too much in the MVP. Uh, it just not something I'm interested in doing, uh, boring, but, uh, it, to do that, but I don't know it, it just being so narrative based. It's like, it's tough to convince myself of that. So I want to give a mad dog, a quick
2: shout out. Cause I haven't heard Dexter Jackson's name in about 15 years. <laughs>
1: That was a name where I actually said to myself, am I right? And then I had to look it up. Is that what, is that his name? Because I think it was. I think it was, but I'm not entirely sure.
0: I don't know why I thought it was three picks in that game instead yeah, of two that he two. had. It was the till. It was the that
1: till. game was another one that was kind of eh.
0: Stinker. Gannon you know, didn't show up just, to play. Yeah, and...
1: they, went with, they went with him because he made the splash plays early.
0: Defense was great mm-hmm. that year. Simeon Rice, Derek Brooks. Warren Sap. Warren Sap. Yeah. Oh, Ronde Barber. Ronde on the outside. K-Spring High John School Lynch. graduate. Shout out. John Lynch. Exactly. Oh man. Okay. Uh, Aaron, uh, you and I have a couple just kind of bets, uh, long, wide, medium, tight, so to speak, uh, on uh, ones that we like props wise. Give me uh give me one or two that you uh are excited for. Let's let's do kind of short odds, medium odds, long odds.
2: Okay, let me, let me just roll through a couple right here. Uh, there's one that I just quickly that I really like. I'm a big believer that if you if you believe strongly a team's going to win, bet on that quarterback to win the MVP. That's basically what I've been saying for the last 10 minutes. So if you like the Rams, but you don't want to pay almost two to one for the money line for them to win, take Stafford to win the MVP at plus 125. or you could always if you want to throw a couple extra bucks on Donald to win at 15 to one, do that. If you think the, the Bengals are going to win. I see almost no scenario the Bengals win without Joe Burrow as the MVP, and that's plus 230. So to me, I think you're making a little extra money, and the chances of it not working out that way are are pretty slim. Uh, In terms of uh, ones that I like, I'm going to steal this one from Bill Simmons' podcast because I heard it today even though I had already written it down. Uh, Over one-and-a-half McPherson field goal attempts is minus 150. That just seems obvious. I mean, the Bengals have shown, if nothing else, that they have to – have McPherson playing his game, and if they get anywhere near the forty-yard line, they're going to let him kick it, and he's going to make it. So this isn't even makes; this is just attempts for minus one hundred and fifty. The other one I love too that I thought was crazy, even though the the odds are not great, they're minus two hundred and fifty. But f- over under four and a half players to record a rush attempt for each team, so four and a half Bengals or four and a half Rams to touch the ball. I actually did research on this because I'm a weirdo, but the Rams. Uh, have had less than five players record a rushing attempt every game going back to week 17 and the Bengals have only done it once in the last six weeks. And that was against the Raiders. So almost every game they're relying on three people carrying the ball or four people carrying a ball. That includes a random rush by the quarterback. My point is I just don't see a scenario where you're going to get an emptying of the benches unless it's a blowout. And with minus two fifty on either end, I really, really like both those odds. And in terms of just a, a random, random long shot, there was a couple that I was keeping an eye on. Um, you can adjust some lines that I really like, uh, but I don't know. Let's, let's just throw a random one out there. Odell Beckham to be the first one to score a touchdown is plus 900. I think Odell has a way, finds a way to score. Stafford looks for him in the end zone. There's a chance there could be no Higby, or if he plays, he's going to be banged up. So I certainly think at nine to one, uh, Odell having the first touchdown scored. Uh, Is worth a few bucks.
0: All the McPherson stuff is so hard to stay away from. I I like don't, his over under on total points is seven and a half. Two touchdowns and two field goals feels doable, but you know, maybe that's not a smart bet because it's three touchdowns and one field goal and then you're in deep trouble. So uh, I I was kind of looking at that, but uh, I I like the attempts. uh, That certainly seems to make a little bit of sense one that's gotten a lot of attention that I want to to zag on, I think. And the juice on this is reflected in that the over under for the first half is 24 and a half and there are plus odds on the over. I looked into this for a second. The Bengals are eighth in the league in total first half points. The Rams are, uh, uh, the Rams are sixth in the league in first half points, the, uh, Bengals and the Rams are both, uh, top 12 in terms of points allowed in the second half, uh, which is all that to say that, that both these teams have the propensity to get out to fast starts. Um, and, and while 14 to 10 at half seems like such a simple thing. And, and, would make sense. I I am seeing, I, I like the idea of this starting out relatively fast, uh, especially the Rams getting uh, possibly building a lead and uh, and getting ahead of the Bengals and uh, the Bengals possibly making this interesting in the second half, but not quite doing enough. So I don't know how I feel about the total, but um, with, with plus odds on the over 24 and a half for the first half um, I think the Bengals might have some jitters, but I, I think Burrow is a cool customer and, and, uh, while I think the the game will go the Rams' way, I, I kind of like the over there um, with the odds, which again is probably not the most uh, popular thing right now. Tyler Boyd's over under on yards is thirty nine and a half. I like the over there, especially if Uzama doesn't play, uh, and he is is the slot guy who who gets some uh, over the middle stuff and and eats up the middle of the field pretty well. That's minus 114. Uh, and plus I got to root for a Pittsburgh guy It's somehow uh in the game, uh, aside from Aaron Donald. Um, and then uh anytime touchdown scorer T. Higgins plus 175. He's coming in a little bit banged up. Like the idea of Jalen Ramsey uh getting all giving all of his attention to Jamar Chase and uh possibly opening things up for Higgins, uh, even though I think the Bengals offense could could have some struggles in this game. I certainly think uh, when you look at the targets that, that could potentially be distributed in the red area, uh, that Higgins is certainly a guy that could potentially uh, catch touchdowns. So at nearly uh, two to one, I like that a lot. A little bit longer uh, of a shot. Uh, speaking of your Beckham bet, him to get two touchdowns is plus 850. I know that's a, a, a bit of a long shot and a bit of an odd thing, but I, 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 I could see... OBJ just having a great game. And, and uh, if, if the pass protections as good as it uh, has been against uh, a relatively average defensive line, which I think the Bengals are above average, but not quite to the level that the Niners were uh, or the Bucks were uh, then I, I think the uh, there's definitely the propensity there for uh, Beckham to have a, a, a pretty decent game and that could
1: potentially help his uh, MVP case as well. Um all right can I chime in Yeah So by no means am I telling you to go bet these but I've had a theme this podcast so I'm going to stick to it Oh yes I'm just going to tell you that defensive touchdown special teams touchdown plus 260 right now period in the game in the game period oh,
0: cuz I I have actually I was going to Rams Rams plus
1: 600 I like a lot to score a touchdown just general well. Bengals or Rams pick 6 plus 500 and the one that I found that, I, that I'm most amused by, not that I don't know which way I'd even bet this, but what will happen first? A sack or a touchdown? Sack is plus 100, even money.
0: Ooh. 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 What's right? a touchdown?
1: Minus 122. Really? Huh. On FanDuel? Yeah.
0: Huh. That is interesting.
1: Packs I like computers. that a lot.
0: Drives to Virginia, places bet. Um, <laughs> I wonder if my bet.ag has that prop. Yeah, I like that too, Jim. That's a good that find. Good. Might have to get you to screenshot so I can find the proper section for when I actually do drive uh, to Virginia to do this.
1: Defensive props. It's not hard to find.
0: Gotcha. Defensive props. Okay. <laughs> um, I also, and, and we'll wrap this up. I'm going to put the correct score. I think we all saw the exacto parlay that was hit on the correct score. The guy who turned $20 into, uh, about 550 K, uh, Mike talked about this on the pod last night. Uh, mine is, is 220 to one, uh, which, uh, is Rams 31 Bengals 21. So I, uh, I will certainly be, uh, putting a dollar or two on that as well. So, uh, that's my longest shot one. I was surprised it was that low there's that that's the anti McPherson number uh, that long uh, that that it was that, that high. So awesome. Either that, or it's an all McPherson game. Yeah. That, that total it's 15, 28 to 15, We'll see. I think the Bengals will score nightmares of
1: Steelers chiefs playoffs from six years ago. Pass.
0: I have a recollection, Aaron. I don't remember (laughs) if you went to uh, rivers with me this night, but it was right when sports betting had started at the casino in Pittsburgh. And I was like, Oh wow. Rams to not score a touchdown is like, I don't know what it was. Might've been like 40 to one, 50 to one. And I was like, nah, that'll never happen. So ever since then I've sworn that I would bet something kind of long and uh and I think that it's gonna be the exacto or the the uh Sony Michelle MVP. I'll probably uh put put little dabbles on those so yeah, the, the real issue is we went to we
2: would went, look, went and looked at those bets way too early in the night. I mean, if that's a a two three am call and we're staring <laughs> right. at that, I bet you we right. make a different decision.
1: or God forbid you have a nice day at the blackjack table. that oh. money's going down. <laughs> oh,
0: God bless on it. that bet. Never getting out of that casino. God bless it. That's the point. They don't want you to leave any final thoughts from either of you. As we look forward to the game on Sunday, I'll let you close it out uh, with some final thoughts first, Aaron.
2: Yeah, just, I mean, look, I, I, I think we're all on the same page uh, that we think the Rams are going to end up winning this. I'm just excited. I love the Super Bowl. This is a fun, fun matchup. Um, I think Joe Burrow has such a huge future ahead of him and it's fun to see a city like Cincinnati getting this kind of attention and how excited that city is. I don't know if you saw the the Twitter thread that was just showing all the fans reacting to McPherson hitting that game winning field goal in overtime. I think I saw it right after we recorded and it was just wild seeing it and I, I I kind of feel like I remember that feeling a little bit when the Steelers went to the Super Bowl in the 2005 season. The difference is, though, at least I had heard stories from my dad and from my family about what it was like when they won those Super Bowls in the 70s. Those stories don't exist for Cincinnati fans. And so getting to experience this moment as a, as a collective where they've been so bad for so long, going to their first Super Bowl in you know three decades and the chance to win their first Super Bowl It's just so much fun seeing a city like that, being able to experience it together. And especially against a soulless town like Los Angeles, who couldn't care less, but it's still a lot of fun that they have a home game.
1: I couldn't agree with that sentence more. It's hilarious and so true. God. Dang. They're road. They're the road team, even in their home games. Persona uh, non
0: grata at LAX. As yeah, as right. He I mean, is he wrong? I'm sure all seven Rams fans will pick me out when I, I try to I would bet go. you more
1: people in Los Angeles still have Oakland Raiders gear than they do Los Angeles Rams gear. Goodness
0: gracious!
1: The host of this podcast does not endorse this LA slander. Wow. I I, I also I it's it's so weird to me to feel like that I would be happy for Cincinnati if they won this game because they're a division rival. I think back to the Carson Palmer, you know, Kimo von Olof in years and just the rivals that they were at that time. And, and the guys you didn't like on that team, but I, it, it just be, every city deserves it once. You know, I'm glad Cleveland got it with the braun and the Browns uh, because I, I don't think I'd endorse that, but I would be happy for my sister went to law school in Cincinnati. So she's got some friends out there and one of her good friends and his dad have had season tickets for their whole lives. They won the lottery. to get tickets to the super bowl. And I just can't imagine that as a sports fan after almost 40 years uh, to be able to experience something like that with your dad and to have that kind of moment. And so like, I think of so many stories like that from the Cincinnati fan base. Uh, my final thought though, is I, if it's not Aaron Donald, I will, I cannot get past the idea of someone on that Rams front four having a huge, huge game. I think it'll be Donald, but if they triple team him, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, I just, there is no world why I don't see somebody on that front four having a major game. And that's my final thought. If you couldn't tell where I was heading with that.
0: Yeah. Can't wait for the Bengals to win, and we say, What the heck happened there? The Rams
1: to have zero sacks. In the I was game. gonna say, Not a single sack. Guaranteed. I was gonna say,
0: Hey, <laughs> we uh, we genuinely hope that uh, both teams have fun and no one gets seriously hurt <laughs> for sure. Aaron Martin, Jim Madalinski, Gambling Reporters, T's and TD's, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this preview. And, uh, I am sure we will come back shortly after the game to, uh, chop it up a little bit for our last recap of the season. And then we'll get into some off season stuff as well, but thank you guys so much for listening. If you stuck in this long and, uh, go football.